Welcome into episode one of Home is in the Heartland. My name is Austin. I'm here with my co-host, Matt. How's it going? So a bit of a background. I'm a third year at SMU down in Dallas. I was born and raised in Columbus, Ohio. I'm a major Blue Jackets fan and Bengals fan. A little bit of background for me. I am a third year at the University of Cincinnati. So obviously I'm a big University of Cincinnati football fan. I love the Indianapolis Colts. And since I was born and raised in Columbus, I am a big Ohio State fan, born and raised. Of course. So uh, talk. So jumping right into it, uh, this podcast is planned to talk about anything, any sports in the Midwest, mainly the Big Ten, but we will also talk about the Bengals and Colts, obviously. May jump into hockey a little bit on some days. We'll mix it up a little bit. So jumping into that, Matt, you want to start talking about the Big Ten week one? Alrighty, for the first game, uh, this Friday, tomorrow, as we are recording this, we have Illinois at Wisconsin, 8 o'clock. Uh, Wisconsin is projected to win by 20. I would say, from from what I've seen in, in history's past, Illinois is going to be another have another disappointing season, and Wisconsin's going to come out, and I think they obliterate the line. I think they come out and just destroy Illinois. I would like to point out that last year, Illinois got the surprise upset over Wisconsin. I don't think that's going to happen again. I think Wisconsin's going to be fueled by revenge from last year, and they're going to come out and stomp them too. But Illinois has shown recently that they are able to co- uh, compete with Wisconsin. I, I, I do agree with that. I, I, the reason I think Wisconsin's going to win so big is just because they're going to be fueled by the fire from last year. They do, they do have a big hole to fill in Jonathan Taylor, but... It's Wisconsin. I, it's Wisconsin. I think they fill it just fine, and every, they, everything goes back to the way they were last year, and they finish 6-2, and 7-1. and one. Around the top of the West? Around the top of the West. I think we have them finishing about the same place. Um, First or second? Yeah. Yeah, Depending on how Minnesota and Iowa play out. Yeah, this week should be a pretty easy cakewalk for Wisconsin. Um, After that, we have our favorite hometown team, the Ohio State University, hosting Nebraska. That's right. Ohio State at home against Nebraska with the line of minus 26 in favor of Ohio State. And I, I think they, they obliterate that line. I think Ohio State's got something to prove this year after the way they lost to Clemson in the uh, playoffs last year, plus the way COVID's played out and how much Ohio State and Nebraska were the two big teams heading all that COVID stuff. I think yeah. Ohio State comes out and just shows everyone why they deserve a spot in the playoffs again. And obviously Fields is going out there looking for a Heisman. Yeah, yeah. Fields is going to show out. I Scott Frost said, la- talking about the game last year, that he thought that they did pretty well, kept it pretty close for all of the first five minutes. And I, I think that that's about how he's going to say, looking back on this year. I yeah, Nebraska I'm, isn't going to isn't going to hang. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't or, think they do either. I think Ohio State comes out. I mean, they, they got Ohio uh, Wyatt, uh, Wyatt Davis and Sean Wade, and I, Nebraska keeps Nebraska keeps trying to hype up Adrian Martinez, and like every year they keep trying to hype him up, and I, unless somehow he breaks through for a first year after they've been hyping him up, there's no way that they're gonna do that well, right? I don't think so. I think they finished middle of the West somewhere. 
You know, they I don't yeah. I don't think they have they don't I don't think they have the talent to win the mm. West. I they're they're just a mediocre team that could be able to pull out a bowl game if they really really if they got lucky in a couple games. Uh moving on to our next game, I think. Uh that would be Rutgers at Michigan State. Michigan State with a lot uh with projected to win by thirteen. Uh, I have Michigan State in this one out of Rutgers because I think Rutgers won't win a game. Yeah, yeah. If if you know, like they they got their coach back, they got Shiano back, but like they'll be lucky to win one. They've had a few good transfers come in. I've seen though. I still don't think they have, and th- oh. having like two or three good transfers come in is one thing, but you got to be able to form yeah. twenty-two co- coherent people. I'm not, I'm not saying for this game. I'm saying for the rest of the season. Uh, Michigan I, State, I think, is going to be better than they've been the past couple of years this year. Like, they, they've State dropped off. In the East. Finishes what? Fourth in the East, behind Fourth? Ohio State, Penn State, and Teton. Make, yeah, that's about where I, would, I have them. Uh, yeah, like, Michigan State, I think, is going to take a, a step forward from where they've been in their struggling ways, but they're not going to actually... I don't think they're going to compete. I agree with that. Wholeheartedly, I agree with that. Uh, so moving on to our next game, we have Penn State at Indiana. Uh, Penn State's got the line of minus six and a half over Indiana. I think Penn State cakewalks over Indiana. Every year they hype up Indiana. Every year. It never pans out. It like, never does. Like, they're not terrible but they're not just behind the rest of the east like they're a good couple steps behind like penn state is competing with with ohio state every year and indiana is not that level yet like only having penn state as a six and a half favorite just sounds criminal to me i'm not a betting man but i would i would take that line any day of the week yeah for penn state i yeah Indiana, it's I like I liked your comparison of how Penn State was going with Ohio, like competing with Ohio State every year. It's like Penn State and Ohio State are competing for a playoff spot every year. Indiana yeah. is competing to get a bowl game. Yeah. So I I think it's another year of Penn State dominance. Indiana just kind of does their thing. They they lose week one. They go okay. We'll use this as a stepping stone. Finish. I guess this year it'd be like four and four. Yeah. Um, yeah, barring COVID stuff. Um, the issue, the interesting thing with Penn State is Micah Parsons is not going to be playing this year. Yeah, and but it's like you said about uh, Rutgers, though. A few good transfers isn't going to change the team. I get that he is their best player, but one good player leaving isn't going to ruin them. It's, go- it's going to take them a step back, but it's not going to ruin them. That's a good point. Like that is, a, that is I, I understand. Yes, I understand how much of a factor he is, but it's the same thing as you said with bringing in a few good pieces doesn't doesn't al- dramatically alter. Losing that one piece isn't going to dramatically alter. It's not like they're going to fall further than second or third. Yeah, I I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, moving on to our next game. Uh, we have Iowa at Purdue with Iowa at minus three. What do you think about that? I 
I always think that Iowa has a chance to win the West. Like, okay. I like I think I don't think that they're going to win it this year. I think they're going to certainly compete for the West, but I, Purdue just doesn't seem that good to me. Like they've like sure they beat us a couple years ago, <laughs> but like they aren't that good. Like Iowa is consistently is like consistently at the point they're at. They're never going to be as good as they were the one year where they almost were in the playoffs. But they're never going to be like the Purdue level of of where Purdue is now. Like Purdue has had good years in the past, but they are not in those good years anymore. I agree. I I think it's going to be between Iowa, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. I think uh, Wisconsin ends up coming out on top, and it's going to be a battle for second, maybe. It, it really does depend on how um, some of those matchups head up, but I, I don't think Purdue is anything special. I don't think they finish above 500 this year. Um, but it's this. this is one of those games that it could be interesting for one reason and one reason only, because I, I think Iowa's going to beat Purdue, but they are playing at Purdue. And whether they allow fans or uh, not, uh, I think it, that, that, that'll be the interesting piece to see what'll happen in, in Boilermaker territory, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, makes sense. Moving on to our next game, we have Maryland at Northwestern with Northwestern favored by 11. Um, I think Maryland's bad again. I think they're Rutgers level. I think they win one, maybe two games. This could be one of those two wins because I also don't think Northwestern's very good. But Northwestern's also a really weird team. Every year they go in and they're like, oh, they're going to be really bad. Next thing you know, they're up competing with Wisconsin for the West. So it's I don't think that'll, that'll be this year, but I, I, I think I pick uh, Northwestern for this win, but I don't think it's by much. I have the same exact mindset of Northwestern is either going to be good or bad, and you don't know by the year. I think this is going to be a bad year. I don't. I think that this is obviously the worst game of the week. I think, I think Maryland is going to come out and beat Northwestern, not by much. But solely because they're both just that bad, I think Maryland can win the game. That's a hot take right there. It, you know what? Uh, I'll take the points and just give me the money line. <laughs> <laughs> and for the last game, the game of the week, game day is going to be there up in Minnesota. We've got uh, Teton at Minnesota. Uh, Teton is favored by by three. I think Minnesota's going to win this game. I They got oh so close last year, and I, I think that they're on the same thing as Ohio State, only like a lesser tier. They're on that tour to prove that they are the, that they're the best in the West. And I think that they're going to come out and beat Michigan at home for the first uh, game of the year. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. I I think I think Minnesota wins by like a field goal. I don't think it's gonna be like like forty two to twenty one or something like that. I don't think it's gonna be something big, but I think it's gonna that be was, a defense. 
heavy battle, I think. Minnesota comes out on top with by like a field goal or touchdown. Nothing, nothing major. Yeah, I, w- I wasn't saying like they're going to come out and blow them out. I'm saying like they're going to they're going to beat them just barely. But like Michigan's missing way too many pieces. Like they're missing like their QB, couple linemen, their top two receivers. I think at this point, like they're mm-hmm. not looking good from they comparative to last year. Yeah, and they aren't the team that's been able to replace well. Like they haven't been able to, they haven't been able to compete with us or Penn State. Yeah, for for being able to replace. Like as soon as soon as Trace left, Clifford stepped up for Penn State. For the past like four quarterbacks, as soon as they've left for Ohio State, the next one stepped up. Like Michigan just hasn't had that good quarterback play anyway, and now they're having to replace him. To be fair, it could be a big upgrade. I ne- I never thought Jay Patterson was worth it, worth anything. I didn't either, but I was. But granted, like, we're biased, but we are. But like he was, he himself thought that he was up for a Heisman, and we see how that turned out. I I even think he got drafted. At the- I think he kind of had the talent, like he had the arm talent, the mobility. He just didn't have. Like the brain, like that that does that might sound bad, but I just don't think he had the ability to like read a defense quickly. He didn't have the ability to be like, "All right, I'm sitting here. They're going to be in cover three, and I, I know what I need to hit when this happens. I know what I got to look for." I don't think he quite had that, but I he had. I think he had the athletic ability um, to be a good quarterback. He just he couldn't do it. Uh-huh. I, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I get what you're trying to say. I'm just, I'm tr- I'm trying to figure out um what league team like yeah, like you're not making much of an upgrade from him no matter what you do. Yeah. The big <laughs> loss for like, Minnesota. He, just, he like you said, he never had that Je ne sais quoi. He didn't have the extra, that extra leg yeah. to step up on. <laughs> I, Minnesota did have a big loss in the draft, as he's shown, because he is a very strong defensive rookie of the year candidate. And Antoine Winfield Jr., who I thought was a very highly rated safety coming into the draft, I really, I really like Antoine Winfield. Yeah. That's a big loss for Minnesota's defense. Um, if Teton comes out and actually has a decent quarterback, then I think they could take advantage of a young safety being able to come in and take advantage of, you know, fresh meat, I guess. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think, yeah, like, I don't think that they are going, that Michigan's going to upgrade at quarterback, but, like, if they are able to, then I think that they have a legitimate shot. But I think that this game's going to Minnesota. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. Um, I believe that is our week on the Big Ten. Now we got our personal week, SMU and Cincinnati. That is right. Should have been the primetime game. It should have been primetime. Like the the group of five gets one the 
gets one game a year, and this should have been the one game. Like you're, we're not it's an FCS school. Like we're not going to get a bigger game than this one, and it just makes me upset that we number did. nine against number seventeen. 16. 16. Number 9 and 16. Yeah. I I am very excited for this game. I am very very excited. I'm excited, I'm terrified. Like I I think Cincinnati can pull this one out if and only if. If and only if Desmond Ritter doesn't look like doesn't look like he's playing like Philip Rivers. <laughs> I'm a Colts fan. I I I kind of like Philip Rivers, but if if Desmond Ritter, because the way he played in the last couple weeks, he just pick after pick after pick. He can't play like that against a team like SMU. SMU's not, I, w- I would consider SMU to be a good team, but they're not great. And if if Ritter plays like he's playing a good team, they will lose. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati will lose this game if Ritter does not come out and show out. I... I'm very concerned just because we're missing TJ McDaniel, who was our number one back. We're missing Reggie Rob uh, Roberson, who is our, still our leading receiver after he, after a game and a half of him being gone. Like we are missing key pieces. Like and uh, like even against Tulane, it took us overtime to win. I get Tulane's not a bad team, but like mm-hmm. we should took in, we should have taken care of business. Like. I Shane has been playing well all year. It's just sometimes he has a ment like he'll he doesn't seem to throw picks. He just has some really bad overthrows. Mm-hmm. Like he never actually throws the interception, which is nice, but he'll like overthrow by like ten yards. I am feeling better because like our other receivers were stepping up in the place of Roberson against Tulane, but like. I don't I don't know how to feel against against y'all. Like it's our it's our homecoming game. I'm gonna be in the stands for it. And I I just have flashbacks to, to freshman year when we played you and our QB threw an interception in overtime to end the game. Threw a pick six in overtime to end the game. Yeah. Looking at CBSports.com, um, it seems like out of the seven people picking, five of them have SMU. I don't like that. Uh, like, I have ESPN up right now. They have a fifty-four percent chance of Cincy winning. Yeah. Like it, everybody. It's so even, and I don't like it being even. Like, I want to feel confident in my team winning, and I don't feel confident. Yep. Like, yep. and the conflicting part here for me is like, to be clear, I want SMU to win every game we play. I don't think that if SMU goes all the way through that we make the that we make the playoffs. I think mm-hmm. Cincinnati still has a shot. Yeah. Just because of how much higher they started in the rankings than us. I yeah. want us to, I want us to win every single game to be clear, but I also want the Power 6 to be recognized as a Power 6. The American Conference has consistently been better than at least one of the other Power 5 conferences every year for like ACC. years. We are a better conference than the ACC. Like the reason that they are touted is because of Clemson, and I can understand that. Like Clemson is Clemson, but like Clemson is one of the best colleges for football in the country, and will be for a yeah. long time. But like the Big Twelve looks horrible right now. Like, they do. If we went top to bottom, 
everybody played each other, I think the American would win the vast majority of those games. I like, agree. We are a better conference, and I just want us to have a like. The other thing I am thinking about is is maybe if uh, that we would have two two bids for New Year's Six Bowls if SMU wins, which that's now what I'm going to stick with. <laughs> if SMU wins, then we have a legitimate shot to New Year's Six Bowls that we would have a chance to win. Yeah. Because SMU wouldn't be making the playoffs. Like, I, I've, I want them to, but I don't see it happening. But if two of us make New Year's Six and we both win, then, that's gonna, then I think that's going to do enough for us to get rec- recognition. Yeah, I think this is. I think that for this is uh, one of those interesting games because this will determine whether or not an American conference team or a Group of Five conference team will get a New Year's Six bowl, if not even make the playoffs. Because if if UC can come out and just beat the living daylights out of SMU, they have a genuine shot. Yeah, at making the playoffs so long as they win out and keep dominating. I mean, um, like we're going to at least make a a New Year's Six because I think we're the only Group of Five playing right now. So yeah. like we we are guaranteed a spot basically because BYU isn't Group of Five, and that'd be our only competition for the Group of Five bid right now. So yeah. like we're guaranteed at least one Group of Five New Year's Six bid, but it's a fact of. It's the fact of do we get to the playoffs? And I'd rather see SME win than the American go to the playoffs. <laughs> you asked me this question like a week ago or All two right. weeks ago. It was a week ago, I think. Okay. Um, the question of whether would you rather let's let's assume Cincinnati wins out. Yeah. And because I'm I I think they are more likely than SMU at this point to make the playoffs. Yes. Would you rather see Cincinnati in the playoffs and get the living crap kicked out of them by Ohio State or make a New Year's Six Bowl and it be a competitive game? So, I remember this question. I I think the issue of if they make the playoffs and get the crap beaten out of them, then it will be the same thing as what happened in Notre Dame when they made it and lost. And like, well, that ruined any chances of a of a independent making the playoffs for a while. That I remember that exact those exact words being said after Notre Dame got beat. Yeah. So like the like if they're gonna do that and then put uh, us against one of our one of our teams against a powerhouse, then there's no chance. Like if they if they were playing like the two or the three, then obvious. But they're not gonna get to that point where they would be playing the two or the three. They will be playing Alabama, Clemson, or Ohio they State. Will, yeah, they will be playing the number one seed no matter what. Like yeah. It, like if Cincinnati this year against Oklahoma last year, I will give them a good chance and will let in like, sure. But like, they're not going to beat any of the other three people who would be in the playoffs. Correct. This year. Like that's part of the issue. And I, I, again, if SMU wins, then I think there's a legit shot for two uh, new year's six bowls for the American. Yeah. So I'm holding on hope there. Like if SMU wins out and then Cincinnati wins out except for Saturday, then I think that it will. Then I think that we have a legit shot to New Year's Six. Even if one of them would be against BYU, I think it would still be a good game. 
Yeah. I I think I would rather see. I I remember I answered one way before, but thinking about it again, I I think I'd rather see Cincinnati just in the New Year's Six. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, I also think even if SMU loses this week, if it's a tight game and they win out, I think they still have a shot. At New Year's Six. At New Year's Six. Well, keep in mind that uh, I'm fairly certain we still have a championship game. So there is a if, championship. So and so if we lose this game. Whichever team loses this game, if we w- if if there's a win out, then we will play again. Yeah, like yep. there's a good chance that this happens twice, yep. which I'm not opposed to. You know, I I love I love when I get to when we get to play Cincinnati. In a weird way, a best case scenario for the American, whoever wins this game, wins needs the other one. to lose in the conference championship. I disagree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because like if if the winner of this game loses the next game, then I think that knocks both out of the New Year's Six. Because I didn't, even, I forgot about that we had a championship game. Because like if the winner loses the New Year's Six or loses in the championship, then there then the winner would be then the winner of this game would be out of the New Year's Six. Would they? I think so, because because like they're not going because if we both. That that's how I feel. Any that's how I feel like it would be anyway. Anyway, like I now that I'm thinking about, it, I don't think there's a way that we make two teams into the New Year's Six. Whoever wins this game has to win out. Yeah, even in the championship, I think it's, so. The I, hard part I, is the New Year's Six. That's twelve teams that's got to get in, and that's gonna be more than likely like three or four Big Ten, three or four SEC, yeah. three or four ACC, maybe one American. But if you think about it now, Big Twelve. If, well, no, 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 <laughs> not the Big Twelve. If you th- uh, think about this, though, if either Cincinnati or SMU wins, and then they win the next one, they'll have two wins over a top twenty-five team. Like, sure, that may not be the most that any team will have, but. I think that would maybe a compelling case for the playoffs. Like I, I, yeah. again, I don't think I want the playoffs just because of who we'd be playing, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like they would have to with the championship game. If, if the same team won twice, no matter, no matter which side it was. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I mean, it's yeah. going to be in Dallas. So that's, that's kind of why SMU's favored. Yeah, yeah. Like normally, uh, from my knowledge, it's like a three-point swing for home field, and like I get it's still COVID times, but like we still have fans to some and, extent. We have fans to some extent, and half of the fans there are students. Yeah, it also like it's basically a pick'em game. It really is. It really and is. I'm. I'm just hoping our student section doesn't get kicked out again because I think that we do need them to win. Yeah. If Desmond Ritter comes out and shows out and Jared Dokes comes out and he shows out like he did against South Florida and our defense still plays to the tier that they've been playing at, I don't think SMU stands a chance. I really don't. Mm -hmm. But the issue is is Ritter is like, flip a coin. Is he going to be five interceptions or is he going to be five touchdowns? Uh, So I've just been concerned because like when we played Memphis, we came out blazing. But Memphis hadn't played in a month. 
And then as soon as they were like, all right, we were playing again, it took us to a last-minute field goal. We scored 24 in, the I think, the first quarter, and then we scored six after that, both on field goals. And one of them was with, like, 15 seconds left. Don't forget, like, since it's coming off of a COVID week. Yes, so. but that's only one week. Memphis was off a month. It is one week, but that's still... <laughs> Like a bye week is under is happens though. There's a difference between a bye week and a bye month. Like that's, that's true. That's true. And like the only reason we won that Memphis game is because one of our defenders forced a fumble when Memphis was on our forty with like a minute left. Like yeah. our defense is not good, and we relied on our defense to win us a game against Memphis. Tulane, like I I can't tell you what we did bad against Tulane. Like it just didn't feel like that we were fully there. Like it felt like that we were looking forward to this game, which we still ended up winning. So that may be a good thing that we were looking forward, but it's one of those things you guys kind of showed a weakness. weakness. Yeah. Like it didn't it look didn't like bad. It didn't look like we were playing bad when I was watching the game. It was just kind of, yeah, our offense is great. It, I, I don't have high expectations for our defense. Like, but like, it just didn't feel like that we were playing. Like, it felt like we were playing well, but not to like the level that we weren't beating them to the level I should I expected. Is my the, issue. the issue with your offense now is now that Roberson and McDaniel are out, you need Buchel to come out and basically just yeah run the game like he's Patty Mahomes. I mean, but Bentley's been playing amazing. Don't get Bentley me wrong. is he, he's like, really good, but. <laughs> You need Buchel to come out and just dominate, or else you're off, or else your your team is going to struggle because your defense is meh mm-hmm. and the rest of your offense is injured. So, uh, I'm just, like Shane's already almost at two thousand yards. That's how much he's throwing the ball. Yeah, no, he's like he's he honestly has the biggest group of five chance of winning the Heisman or even getting considered for it. People were people around campus were already putting the Shane for Heisman up. I've been seeing it on Snapchat. Yeah, it's <laughs> like I like he has a really good stat line, like seventeen hundred yards and twelve touchdowns and two picks across through five games. Like he's playing well. Let's it look feels, at his... Like I don't know how he doesn't have more touchdowns. Like I don't know how. Like, I get he's averaging, like, two a game, but, like, we were putting up, like, 70 for a while. Like, we, like, I think we're averaging around 45 a game right now. So, he's at 1,700 yards, 12 touchdowns, two picks, uh, 67.2 completion percentage. Uh, His completion percentage against AP top 25 is 69.6, averaging about 476 yards a game and three touchdowns. Against AP top twenty-five, so and that that was against Memphis, I assume, because like we we played Texas State, UNT, SFA, and Tulane. Like Memphis is the only ranked team we've played so far. Like that's the other problem is that we've been playing a bunch of like I get that some of them are rivals, but they're scrubs. <laughs> UNT. St- what what is this team's name? Stephen Steven Austin Lumberjacks. Yeah, no, that's... yeah. Uh, UNT is one of our old rivals, but like they're in the CUSA. Yeah, so it's um, it's tough, but 
Yeah. You did get to play Memphis early on, and you did win. Whether they were on a one-month bye, you did win. And yeah. that's kind of a big, important I think. I think that game is going to be like our turning point because that's the first time we've beaten them since since Coach Dykes has come in. And I think that beating Memphis is like a big hurdle for us because we've they've been the slap in our face every time. Memphis is the slap in everyone's face in the American Conference. Fair, but like we that oh, was that's been our boogeyman. Been Cincinnati's boogeyman too. <laughs> it's, it's hard to it, Memphis is a tough team to beat. Yeah, because they're always really good against really good teams. Yeah. And that, that was a game where all our, our students get, got kicked out too. Like, that was a interesting game. Yeah. Because I, right. I was staying in the stands for it. Because I, I was like, I'm not going to stand near the student section. Like, yep. like they're, they're all the frat boys who have been out partying. <laughs> like, Makes I'm sense. not standing there. Makes so sense. I'm going to stand in the student section. And all of a sudden, I see all them leaving. And I'm just like, oh. Yikes. Well, this game is going to go downhill quick. And then Memphis started scoring and scoring and scoring. All right, final <laughs> predictions with score SMU Cincinnati. I think it's going to be a, a shootout. I think it's going to be like like a shootout, some of a shootout, like 38-35 SMU. Wow. I was thinking 38-35 Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> I I was like 42-35. No, I think I think it's going to get one on a I, field goal. There's yeah, going to be a field goal early or late that's going to win think, the game. I think Nagar is going to kick another game wing field goal and nab another uh, special teams player of the week. Okay. <laughs> like he's I, he's been doing it for the past couple weeks. I think he's going to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's my opinion though. 38-35 I think is about what we can Agree on one way or the other. It'll be 30 or 35, yeah. somewhere around there. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still stressed for this weekend, though. <laughs> Understandably like, so. It's homecoming. I'm going to be in the stands. Hey, have fun. Stay safe. That's, uh, that's what I got to say to that. All right. Yeah, like... So we're heading into our our uh, our other two teams that just played this past week. That's right, Indianapolis Colts and Bengals. Uh, Indianapolis won thirty-one to twenty-seven after being down twenty-one to zero. I don't need this in the first half. I don't. Uh, need for this. reference, the Bengals did not score uh, more than in the last thirty-seven and a half minutes. They got outscored thirty. One to six. I don't need this. <laughs> this is literally just. I'm just now thinking about this. This is the reverse of the Memphis game. <laughs> like, like it was just SMU held on. The Bengals just didn't. And yeah, like what's annoyed me all year is that like there has always been something I could point to for why we lost. Like Randy Bullock, <laughs> or just our defense imploded. Yeah, but like, I couldn't point to any any player on the field. Like, just kind of played. It's not that I. I'm not saying that. I'm. I'm never the person who blames coaches. Like, I didn't start. 
I was one of the last people to jump on the Fire Marvin Lewis train, even though I should have jumped on earlier. I think that that was just bad play calling. Like, I'm not all the way there to, for Fire Zach Taylor yet, but at least Fire our defensive coordinator at this point. A better defensive coordinator, that's for sure. Like, it's like Lou and a Murano or something. Like, he's not good. And, like, I get that our defense isn't the best in the league, but, like, we have the pieces there. And he's just not making the pieces look as good as they should be. Like Dunlap is having a huge down year, and I don't know if that's because of Dunlap or because of our coordinator. Yeah, like I, I didn't see. I was unfortunately unable to watch this game because of other things going on. I did watch the recap, uh, like the eleven-minute recap. Yeah. Um, Essentially, what I saw is Bengals came out and they just firing on all cylinders. Joe Burrow was looking great. Oh, um, yeah. You guys were running the ball. Your offensive line was looking really good because you, you guys held the Colts, like, I think one or two sacks, which is really, really good against our pass rush. Yeah. Like, um, you guys looked great. You scored 21 points before the Colts even did anything. The issue is in the second quarter, either the Colts' offense figured out what the hell was going on or the Bengals defense forgot what defense was because in the second quarter alone, the Colts put up 21 against your guys' 10 in the second quarter, which isn't terrible. But at the end, at halftime, rather than being up 21 to like seven or 21, 14, you guys were up 24 to 21. So after being up 21 to zero. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's, it's kind of hard to say it's one thing or another. I think it's just a collective. You're not quite there yet. Yeah, like the future is extremely bright. I didn't expect us to be quite there yet. Like I, I expect us to be like in mediocrity. Like I didn't expect us to be like I expect us to have more than one win at this point. Like we probably should be in the Eagles at least. <laughs> yeah, but like I didn't expect us to be sitting here with one win. I thought that we had a legitimate, even going into this week though, I was like, I feel like the Colts are going, are going to continue being over overhyped a bit. And we are going to come in and beat them. And we just didn't keep still. Mm-hmm. We didn't like keep, or we didn't keep the foot on the pedal. I mean, and it was a stat circulating after the game. I think Zach Taylor is like, one fifteen and one in one score games. That's not good. That's a bad stat. Like again, I'm not fully there to fire him yet, but I'm at least there to fire the defensive coordinator, and that is a big thing for like fire our head coach. Yeah. Hard thing for the Colts. I it's just whatever I don't know what happened between last year and this year with the playbook, but offensively we have now that Marlon Max out with his issue, Jonathan Taylor comes in, which yeah. I don't is a bad thing because I think Jonathan Taylor needs to be groomed into someone who could possibly be a Saquon Barkley type or a Zeke type who just can come in and dominate a season. You know, be like that headliner guy. Like, oh, I'm coming to watch Jonathan Taylor. You know, the issue with it is I they're running too many zones. He's a rookie. He he doesn't quite have the game speed. He doesn't quite have the vision that you would want in a running back. Mm. The NFL is entirely different than college football because at Wisconsin, he had to play Ohio state, Minnesota, 
Iowa, but then he also got to play Purdue, Indiana, Illinois. Like he got to play some very, very easy teams. So it's it, he he needs to be groomed. But the issue is, last year we were running pulling guards, pulling tackles. We were switching everything up. Now we're just running flat zones, and we're just we're not getting the same push. We're not getting the same rushing attack that we had, and that we proud like prided. I don't know how you say how would I say that like that we prided ourselves on last year because we were like we have the best offensive line in football and we are going to run the crap out of the football this year it's we have the best offensive line in football we just don't want to run the football the same way we did last year which means we're putting a lot more pressure on Philip Rivers who is old and he's a pick machine and he always has been and I I just we should have been able if we are as good as we say we are. We should have been able to beat the Bengals by two scores, mm. not down by twenty-one and going into the second, like mm. going into the second quarter. Yeah, I would like to point out because you were like Jonathan Taylor is a rookie. Zeke led the league as a as a rookie. Like all the all the rookie backs that have been coming out recently that you were comparing him to were able to dominate from the get go. I'm not saying he's not dominating because he's got almost 400 yards rushing through six teams. Like, that's that's solid. That's solid, it, yeah. The, and he's he's even sharing carries. Like, he shared carries with Marlon Mack week one, and he's still sharing carries with Naheem Hines and Jordan freaking Wilkins. Like, he's he's not even getting, like, 100% of the carry load, which is stupid, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's only 15th in yards, except he's aver- his average is 31st in the league. He's he doesn't average a lot of yards, no. Well, and I'm saying like his yards per carry. Yeah, no, it, he's not. The offensive line, we're running a lot of zones and saying, "Okay, Zeke, or not Zeke, let's go, Jonathan. Read the gap and hit the gap hard." Mm-hmm. I'm guessing with. I wouldn't say I'm guessing, but I know I I know that last year Marlon Mack was so explosive because of all the schemes we would run on offense and having pulling guards and being able to like have tight ends pull in through the hole and be able to hit the linebacker, hit the hit the D tackle or whatever. And that's that's what the Cowboys did Zeke's Zeke's uh uh year. It's it's just they stopped doing that. I I I don't know. It just it kinda it that kind of bugs me about the Colts. They they changed their playbook and it uh it's just it's uh I am know? I am looking at your schedule. I I'm just like You've played the Vikings, the Jets, the Bears, the Browns, and the Bengals. And sure, you're four and one right now. Four and two. Four and two. Four and two. Did it just cut off? Oh, it cut off the Jacksonville game. Forgot about that. Jacksonville. But even like your wins aren't really against like good teams. No. And for that matter, your loss is against one of the worst teams. <laughs> Jackson, I, I'm going to tell you this right now. We all, we will lose the ja- even if the Jacksonville Jaguars went one and fifteen, their mm-hmm. one win would be against the Colts in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. I, we yeah. lose Jacksonville every year in Jacksonville. Like I mean that that's how it was for a first little bit under uh with uh Dalton. It, the the Browns were still atrocious, and then it would still end up in a split, even though the the Bengals would still make the playoffs. Like yeah. it would still end up in a split. It's. The Bears, I think, are going to be solid. I don't. I think they're going to be a wild card team. Um, so I'm happy with that win. I'm happy with the Bengals win. Who are because, sorry? 
uh, the Bears. Because that defense is hard to play against. They just don't have quarterback. The Bengals, I am happy with the win because even if it was like close and they aren't that good of a team, in my opinion, their defense is still solid. And we were able to pull pull out a win out of our butts. I don't know how. The Vikings are actually turning out to not be horrible. Didn't they beat the Falcons? They're turning out to not be horrible. I guess they only lost they they only lost the Seahawks by one, but like, like they played the Seahawks and lost. They played the Colts and got destroyed. I'm I'm just beat- looking at their games. They have like Oh no, they lost to the Falcons bad. Oh, they bad. Did? Yeah, they lost 40 to 23. For some reason I thought they won 40 to 23. Yeah. But like their losses for them like they they lost to the Packers, the Colts, the Titans, the Seahawks and then the Falcons. Like besides the Falcons, those are not bad losses. That's a that's a lot of big losses. Yeah. Like really good teams. Like coming up like they're about like this week they play the Packers again. Or no, they they're on a bye this week. Next week they play the Packers again. And yep. then from there it's like Lions, Bears, Cowboys, Panthers, like it eases up. Yeah. So like I think the Vikings have the chance to get back on track. And then from the Colts they, dominated the Jets like they should have. Yeah. Jets are horrible. Yeah, but I th- I think the future is bright in Indianapolis so long as we can figure out a quarterback situation. Because I don't like Philip Rivers. Hey. I don't think Jacob Rivers sets the future, and I don't think Jacob Eason's it either. <laughs> Tank for Tua or for Trevor. <laughs> yeah, we're a little late for the whole Tua train, but <laughs> a little late to take for Tua, but Tank for Trevor. <laughs> oh, we can't. It's too late. The Jets are already doing that. <laughs> uh. But. There's rumors that they're trying to trade Darnold. I here's my opinion on all the trade rumors because everyone's saying Indianapolis is a big, big rumor mill of things. Mm. It's I would be okay with Sam Darnold as long if we gave up like a third or a fourth. You're not going to get Darnold for a third or a fourth. Thing I don't think we're going to get him for a third or a fourth, but I think that's all we should try and give up. I also don't think Dwayne Haskins would solve our problem. But if we gave up like a fifth or a sixth for Dwayne Haskins, I would not be mad at that. Um, yeah, I think Haskins would be fairly easy to trade for right now. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. The, the trouble with Haskins is I loved him in college. He was a great college player. But when he, when he got to the pros, he got too big-headed on himself. He didn't pay attention to Alex Smith. He comes in. Uh, he played okay. He wasn't outstanding, but he just kind of has that "I'm still a young bratty kid" feel to him. Granted, he is only like 22 or 23, but <laughs> it's still. You see other rookie quarterbacks come in, like Dak Prescott or Patty Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. They come in and they don't have that type of attitude, and they're winning MVPs. Yeah. Yeah, is coming out throwing 300 yards, three touchdowns, two picks, and he's like, oh my gosh, look at me, I threw for 300 yards. Yeah, I think what was really bad was when they benched him and then he proceeded to be like, well, look at my stats. Like, I guess his stats aren't bad, but like, you not can't the leader of the offense needed. Like, what? He wasn't, he's not the leader the offense needed there in Washington. No, like... <laughs> He can't just come out and say, look at my stats after being benched. Like, you got to be a team player. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Uh, but. 
I'm happy with the win against the Bengals. Not happy with the entire performance. Mm-hmm. Understandable. I I'm happy with the players. Just I wish the coaches would be on the same level as the players. Because for the first time in a couple of years, it feels like it's it's the coach's fault, not the player's fault. Just all you guys need is to improve that offensive line. Well, it's yeah, it's yeah, like get rid of Bobby Hart, obviously. Draft like, even he played well against the Colts. Like, yeah, it seems like he's improving, which is good. It, he, there was nowhere to go but up. I mean, he had a terrible week one. So it's it, it's it's kind of like, is there, is there, like there, there there's obviously a place that he can go to improve, but he can't get worse. <laughs> Fair. But. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not looking forward to the Browns. I don't think that we have a chance. <laughs> No, I think the Browns come out and beat you guys pretty Espe- bad. Especially after what just happened against the Steelers. Like, I yeah. don't think we have a shot. Assuming Baker Mayfield doesn't come out and look like crap. Is he going to start? If he starts. <laughs> but. Uh, I, y'all are on bye, right? Uh, Yeah, we are this week. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm really not looking forward to that game. I Yeah. Yeah, no, it it, it I think it'll be interesting. I don't think you guys will win, but I think it'll be yeah. I'm kind of at the point I was um last year of I think I'm at that point of turn the game on and then do something else that I need to do that's productive. Fair. Rather like I'm still going to support my team, obviously, but like it, I, I'm not going to pay full attention and watch us lose every game. Like, actually, good. Like, unless it, unless we're unless they're all closed games, but the issue is that like the Browns, our first Browns game wasn't close. Yeah. Like, it was only a five point loss, but it wasn't close. Watching it, like that's fair. I I was watching it. We had a chance. It was a slim chance, but we had a chance. Like it, I don't think we're going to have a chance this week. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up everything we want to talk about in for our first episode, right? I think it does. Yeah. So thank you so much for tuning into episode one of Home Is in the Heartland. Uh, we'll, we'll be back on on episode two sometime next week. And thank you all so much for tuning in. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm Austin. I'm uh, Austin. We'll see you later. Yep. See you guys later.